We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise the continuing connections to lands, waters and communities. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded, always was, always will be. And welcome back to the Euro Trash Talk podcast, where me and my friends not only pick apart each of the songs of the Eurovision Song Contest, but we pick each other apart too. How are you doing? Two episodes this week. I never thought we'd see you back so soon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time, go and listen to the other episodes. What are you doing here? As this is out, uh, we are a day away from first rehearsals. I am so excited to finally be getting the Eurovision content we've been waiting for and to find out about all of our favourite songs. This episode is really, really special because we are letting our hosts take a well-earned episode off. They have been working very hard to talk a lot of trash over the last few weeks. But instead, today, I am joined by two incredibly special people who I'm sure I'm going to introduce a little bit later and I'm really excited for you to hear their opinions. While I have you though, I actually wanted to take the time to leave on an important note because there has been some incidences within the Eurovision world now uh, in the last week regarding transgender people and gender diverse people. And I don't wish to bring a light to what has happened or these people because I don't think they deserve the airspace. But it would be a shame if I didn't use my voice, particularly because we have a bunch of gender diverse people in our cast and we know and love trans people everywhere across the world. And so if you are listening and you are an ally or perhaps you are trans, we are sending all of our love to you right now and we're thinking of you and words I think often aren't enough. (laughs) but I will do my best to be the best ally that I can. So, somber note, (laughs) but I think it's really important to hear right now. With that said, we are going to launch into the episode and I am going to let past self take it away from here. I am so excited because this episode, I am joined by two people who are probably my oldest Eurovision friends, actually. Oldest? Really not... Hey, oh, excuse now, me. I didn't mean it like that, but if the shoe fits, put it on. All right. So, <laughs> instead, I am joined today by the wonderful Chris and Ricky. Hello. Hello. Okay, listen, listen, listen. We are pretty much this diversity hire of this podcast. Now, if you've seen our running order of hosts, you know that's not true. Um, I mean, diversity in a way that you need some boomer energy, you need some millennial <laughs> energy. These young'uns do not know what they're talking about. You need the elders to come in to tell you the truth. Ah, uh, yes, cis 
gay men to come and tell yes. us <laughs> how to think about Eurovision songs. <laughs> Typical that you would say that. Of course. Um, so who you are hearing speaking is Ricky. Hi, Ricky. Hello. Hello. And then I also have Chris here. Hello, Chris. Hello. And I asked this of all of my hosts when they first joined the podcast, but I'm going to do the same here. Tell us what your life looks like a little bit outside of Eurovision to start off with. So I work with Jay. Yes. This is how, I mean, actually we met before work. Um, (laughs) She got the job because of me. Uh, Hey, 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 hey. I don't know that you can actually (laughs) say that on air. If anyone from work is listening, that's not true. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, like she is there because of, my introduction, I work a, a pretty boring retail job. Yeah. Yeah, living the dream living the in dream. retail. Yes. And what about you, Chris? Well, I'm your classic fake it till you make it. Uh, <laughs> I started at my place of work almost 20 years ago. So 20 Have you been there that long? Yeah, 20, <gasps> 20 years in 2024, uh, <sighs> which means that that's uh, 20 years after since Guy Sebastian's won. <gasps> Australian, Australian Idol. Idol. Because I remember that happening at the time that I got the job. Can I tell you I was five years old? Oh, my <laughs> God. And I was not far from 30. Yeah. So that's <laughs> yep. We are the elders. You are, but that's why I love you. So maybe I'll start with you, Chris, then. Aeon calls herself a Eurovision geriatric, but I think you're probably going to eclipse her a little bit. Tell us how you got into Eurovision. I don't mean geriatric as in in age, but like more so like age of the contest. So people might be surprised that I'm actually relatively new to Eurovision. But that said, I've known about Eurovision for a long time. I have conscious memories of people like Bucks Fizz being in the charts because I was, I loved Countdown. I lived for the top 10. So, you know, things like Bucks Fizz and Johnny Logan being in the charts, we knew them from being in Eurovision as being the reason why, you know, they've got a song. I grew up in country Queensland in a place called Kingaroy. Now, in Kingaroy, we had two TV channels. I believe we had Channel 10 and we had ABC. Something no like that. Something no. like that. So the, so the thought of SBS, like, it, it it's a elusive fantasy world that we would never know about you know <laughs> but also that said my like being country queensland it, it's quite possible that my family don't even know foreign languages exist yeah. so even when we moved to the the bigger city of Bundaberg at a time when eurovision was actually being broadcast on sbs we would not even think of turning over the tv to watch eurovision of course. you know and in the 80s it was very heavily foreign language yeah. So there would be no reason for my parents to turn it on for me to be influenced by it. The thing is, this is coming from someone that loved music, yeah. always watched the charts, loved the diversity of music, loved it, but just had no reason to watch it. Yeah. So then in the 90s, you know, with Gina G and everything, I know Eurovision's there. Dana International was big news as being the first trans person to win. Big news, but I'd still never really felt compelled to watch it until maybe uh, 2011, I think I was just looking into it, that I actually watched a full contest. And, oh. and, so, and I remember commenting and just thinking like, 
the one that sticks in my mind is Angel from Ukraine mm -hmm. uh, with the sand art. And I was just yeah. like, and I just remember it was just a fest of like making fun of the whole thing. And it was great. It was, it was yeah. really good fun. So ever since then, I've watched it. So relatively new for the age that I am at. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, fast forward, like maybe three years later, I didn't even know that there was semi-finals, for example. I never knew oh. the extent of the whole competition until even maybe when Guy Sebastian was in it and that there were semi-finals being broadcast. It's like, oh, there's more to this. Oh, okay. You know, so relatively new. That's actually surprised me because as we're talking, I'm realising that I met you both and never asked, how did you get into Eurovision? <laughs> it's like shocked me a yeah. little bit because I think Aeon was saying that she got into the contest in like, 2007, I think, or 2009. Saki. Yeah, year of the Saki. Oh, gosh, we've got an avid listener. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, t for me, I just never really watched TV. Yeah. And that was the thing. Like, I can remember um, watching Seinfeld during the 90s, but I also remember not watching it towards the end of the 90s. When I'm now an adult, I'm working, I don't have time for TV. Yeah. I just don't think of turning it on, so... That means Eurovision would get lost by the wayside as of well. Course. Yeah. Well, now I'm curious about how you got into Eurovision, Ricky, because mm -hmm. would you say that you have had more exposure earlier on for yourself or would you say about the same? The first Eurovision that I've ever watched was because of my ex-partner back in 2010. Get out. So that was the year of Paul and Ovi with the piano that was high camp, like, all throughout that year. And I remember vividly because we were, like, watching RuPaul season one in 2009. <laughs> That's when the first ever season <laughs> came out. And we were like, this is just like Drag Race. This yeah. is just like Drag Race, but with songs. And it was so much fun, like, listening to it. We were, like, hovering in front of a computer. I was just hooked. Something about... The contest is so campy, but they're they're so serious about it. Yeah, that's also like has a has a sign of whimsical that are not actually taking themselves that seriously, but it's also a contest that I really want to win. Yeah, and I was all for it, and ever since then I just watch it every year. Yeah, and I had the privilege. I'm gonna talk on a personal note here of meeting these two lovely people at our collective first live Eurovision mm -hmm. Song Contest yeah. overseas. Yes. How would you describe our uh, run-in? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I remember meeting you in the fan area yeah. <laughs> in, like, backstage in the stadium. And we were like, who is this girl? She's young. She come in. And, like, somehow we were just hanging out. It would, we were, like, you know, going through each of the rehearsals. And I just remember us running from, like, rehearsals to press room to rehearsals yeah. to press room. And we were, like, just there every day as if it was like a job yeah and we were like so committed to it and we were just like you know that you and I have made such a connection yeah at that moment and I knew like best year for life yeah <laughs> yeah I think like we knew of a jade yeah um and then I think that was the first time that we met in person you know to be honest there's a lot of stuff going on in Eurovision that you know basically you just have to start tolerating people which is what we did with Jay hey. so, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no but like but seriously it's like but like apart from that with having 
the backstage and doing and, and seeing the rehearsals and then and then literally going to the after after party every single night uh it's not so much tolerate it's just it's a great chance to get to know people because you're you're forced to yeah. it's so easy for us to say hello to someone and then we never see them for six months but i mean an experience like that we really bonded a, a, a lot of us really bonded because we were literally together every night and by the end of it like just you know life lifetime memories i know and it's crazy because i don't know what i expected when i got on a plane on my own and flew over and did it i don't think i expected to leave with friends that oh. i would see again it's like drag race <laughs> yeah and i like flew over there and i remember seeing the two of you and i know you both already know this but we'd entered like a, a eurovision video contest earlier yep. on in the year <laughs> and i remember seeing your video with uh your famous dog and uh you competed and i kept thinking like oh they're going to win just because they got high production value. And I was like so high, bitter. High like, production <laughs> value. It oh was. My God. It was. And I was so mad. I was like, fuck these two men. Like, oh, yeah. anyway, I think I ended up beating you by like a couple of points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, wrong. We did, jun- we did a junior Eurovision song. So yeah. that was always going to happen. So. And I think I actually gave you my top score because I was like, look at this girl. One <laughs> toy. Like, oh my God, amazing song. And also like, you know, the, the costume to production value, the makeup that you put on. I was like, I need to actually be friends with her. I actually really yeah. like her. Yeah. For, for, from me, I, I remember watching that video going, oh, she's one of those Twitter younger people. I wasn't even and on Twitter yet. Yeah. But you were like one of those, you know, that younger generation and like totally different. So to be able to bridge that gap in Israel was really good because... Yeah. You know, it's like, it's great to have different perspectives on these sort of things, particularly in Eurovision. Uh, I remember like a lot of times that I might be doing a dance party and I'm very, you know, concrete on this. And then I'll have someone like Jade say, no, you need to put these ones in. And it's like, it's like, no, I don't want to. But in the end, it's like, yes, I'm, I'm all the better for having that extra input from different demographics and different age groups and things mm. like that. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I got to Israel and, like, we were just working really hard. Mm-hmm. And then every night, all of us would pile on a bus and go and dance until the club closed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, I can remember particularly dancing to Spain with Ricky, but <laughs> then also dancing along and you educating me on all of the, like, the pre-1990s Eurovision songs that were coming on. And, like, and I can remember thinking at that point, like, I think I know a lot about Eurovision, but there's just like a wealth of knowledge that yeah. like maybe <laughs> maybe I'm just too naive yeah. to explore and haven't yeah. like ducked in. And when we got back from Israel, I remember the first time that I ran into you after that was we were along uh, the Crown Strip. I was with someone else. Yep. And I, I remember you calling out my name and I went, holy shit, like he actually cared enough to point out and like I, I no but it just shocked me because I was this fantasy like holiday that I went on I never expected to like come back and like the people that I did all of these experiences with yep. were like with like in Aww. actually my real world and so yeah it, it's just like a really special thing that Eurovision I guess has has brought to me. This is supposed to be a trash talking podcast. I'm I know. Okay, well, we'll get through it. But I just want. <laughs> that I'll, was I'll, so I'll lovely. Ju- I'll just say one more thing. Is like I do remember at the after the grand final of Israel, and the three of us actually just went on a 
chaotic morning yeah. rampage. <laughs> I uh, love those the, videos. The sun by the was way. the sun was coming up. Uh, Israel have a, a few little activations. Of course, they've got yeah. like the the Tel Heart Aviv. Uh, uh, Tel Aviv heart yep. and with a heart yep. in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we Along got the... lots of photos there. There was a little room with records in that you could pull out and that a lot of them were I Eurovision records. And, yeah. and the sun was up. We should be we should be dead. Yeah. But yeah. we are just having the, the time of our lives. And it's like to think that you could actually spend those quality moments with someone you've never met Yes. A week and a half mm-hmm. later, it's crazy, yeah. but that's I guess that's Eurovision, yeah. isn't it? So, we gave her footage for Ostracize. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they put the clip of me dancing through the record activation yeah. in Ostracize. The Ostracize, <laughs> no Ostracize video. So you have us to thank for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for those. But also, who would thought that you went to Israel as a single girl who yeah. loved Eurovision? Got an article written about her. Oh my god, <laughs> stop! But and then you end up leaving Israel with two adopted gunkles that, right. for life. Yeah, and, yeah. I really think that my world is a lot more wholesome because of you two. And Aww. like, I'm from regional Victoria. So, like, I moved to Melbourne, like, on my own and, like, I had my own journey with Eurovision. And, like, prior to 2019, I said this on the podcast, prior to 2019, like, the Eurovision that I loved was just like a me and Eurovision thing. Like I would Mm. do that on my own. Mm. And then suddenly like 2019, it turned into like best friends and family for life. And like a lot of the people that I met in that year, like ended up being like people that are as close to as family to Mm. me. And so it's like, it's just this really crazy journey that, we ended up meeting overseas and, and then I get to terrorise the two of you for the rest of your lives. <laughs> and she does. Yes, <laughs> all the time. But our home is always open for you. Same. And there that's why I've dragged you all the oh, way out here today. <laughs> well, now that all the fluffy stuff is out, I think it's time for the trash talk. Yeah. I am ready. I'm ready to let go. <laughs> I am so excited to tell you why you're wrong. Every <laughs> single one of these songs. We're just going to get straight into talking about our entries. And the first entry we're going to talk about today is Denmark, which is the song Breaking My Heart by Riley. And this song won Denmark's national final, which is DMGP. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how these two watch Eurovision because prior to all of the songs coming out, These two listen to nothing. They yep. don't listen to any of the national finals. No. They don't listen to any of the songs as they come out. They no. wait for the full list. Yep, not on Twitter. <laughs> don't go on Twitter. Don't Jade go on hates it so I much. I do because I want to talk about <laughs> yeah. it with you. And I get these little snide sarcastic messages back telling me like, oh, I'm going to wait. Yeah. Like, can you just hold on? Calm down. Well, so... <laughs> I, I was never like that. I mean, it never used to be the way, but I think for 2021, just by chance, I found myself that I hadn't listened to anything. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sort of in touch with Eurovision as much as I had previously been. And so by the time we got to sort of 30 songs are out, I still haven't listened to any. Of course, yeah. Australia Decides, or no, that one. And so I thought, well, this is that... that that fantasy place that people like to go mm. to where they just don't listen to anything. They can keep away from everything until they're all out. Mm. I thought 
I'll do that. Ricky didn't do that, which is totally fine. But in this year, I've sort of influenced him a little bit. He's not a true abstainer, but <laughs> after a few weeks, he went, you know what? I'm not going to listen to any more. So, and that's right because yes. I was force feeding him songs mm-hmm. it's, it's via, all you. at work yeah. via text. Yeah. And I feel like since this new system has started, by the way, there has been exceptions to the rule. And that's when I know that there's a song that Ricky really likes. Well, I mean, come on. You've sent me songs that are pretty much about to win this year. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that there are like, you know, exceptions. But also what you don't know, what you don't know. So yeah. Okay. yeah. But of course, <laughs> uh, but of course, like once they're all out, what's happened over the last two years is that Jade is part of our, you know, first viewing party, yeah. uh, which was this year as well. After that, Ricky goes full steam ahead. Good. Like he <laughs> will listen because Ricky drives to work. I don't drive to work. So he's yeah. got that yeah. sort of like it's in the car. Yeah. For me, I won't listen to them again for another week and then what? I'll be at something else. And then generally I'll wait till the album comes out. Now the album just released on iTunes on Friday. So I got that straight away. Listen to it Friday night, which would have been my third listening to all of the songs. And then... Of course, the songs that we're reviewing tonight I've heard for a fourth time. Yeah. But yeah, I'm the worst person to have on this podcast because <laughs> I've got no idea. No, but, it's just you know. so late in the season. I yeah. think that's what shocks me because like at this point we're four, three weeks out of Eurovision yeah. and I have probably heard all of these songs at least 200 times each. Yeah. I, th- I guess I like having something special to wake up to for the actual contest and I and and I enjoyed that last year and I think that if I can that that would be my preferred way like I I I tend to not really listen to them overplayed until you know afterwards so yeah but like you you have to understand that like the whole world it pretty much is the same as you they don't actually tune into any of the nfs they don't tune into any of the gossip beforehand they don't look at any of the like rumors they actually just watch the show it's like a family it, thing yeah when it comes on air so basically what you're actually giving is just a, an honest opinion that what most of the world and our audience will actually will yeah. give yeah. when i met Lockie and i introduced them to this crazy crazy world and existence one of the first things they said to me was like oh well should i not listen to the songs should i wait until the actual grand final and i said to him like there's just no way that this is gonna work <laughs> if you do Try it, like, like, maybe live in a house, but you can break up for like yeah. <laughs> maybe for like three few months, yeah. and then you can come back together. Because I'm gonna be, I can't sit here and pretend like this isn't affecting my day to day life. <laughs> uh, but we've diverted, yes. so let's talk about this song. What's your initial thoughts on it? I think I'm gonna start with Chris. Okay. Okay. So I don't like Denmark as a country oh. in Eurovision historically. Okay. Um, what has Denmark I, done to you? It, it's almost like Denmark is the 40-year-old virgin to Sweden's rampant sexually charged <laughs> teenager. Sure. And they just, they just don't hit it for me. I'm looking through the history of Denmark in Eurovision and I, like, I'm finding like the last song I liked from them was Soldiers of Love. By oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Emily the Forest, come on. I mean, well, that was before, but I would even argue that I like Soldiers of Love more than only Teardrops. But anyway, that's my yeah. taste in music. But the thing is, it's like, 
for this one, I went, okay, this is something. Okay. This is like, I really like the song. Okay. I sort of um, compare it to um, Muna, who I've really gotten into lately. Mm. Muna's great. Yeah, Yeah. Muna. And like Muna has this vibe with the verses in, in, uh, in this song, Breaking My Heart. But then we get to the chorus and I hate it. I hate the chorus. I hate it. I hate what it so it much. About it? Like, like people stop breaking your choruses down to bare minimum and give us a fucking banger. You know, like I want wow. a good chorus. Yeah. That's what I want. And I feel like that's what I, where I wanted this to go. The chorus in this, I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Luckily, it just goes for a little bit and then it goes back into the song. So overall, I like it. I, I do like it. I just cringe. I yeah. cringe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a bit of a denier about the <laughs> chorus. Ricky, what do you feel about this song? So the initial thought that I saw, like when I heard this song from the live was that I wrote down, oh my God, he sucks at live. Yeah. He can't sing. <laughs> like the the music video sounds great. The studio version is great. But if you can't perform it, I don't know what you're going to do. I love, like, to be honest, I actually love the the studio version of it. Yeah. It's simple. Mm. It's easy to listen to. It's kind of like a Sunday afternoon walk in the park. Like, Wait, nothing amazing. Sunday afternoon <laughs> walk in the park. Yeah. I think you're thinking you know, of, like... You get heartbroken on Sunday afternoon. Sure. Yeah. But after I, your Saturday night out. So. I think it's a bit more of a banger than a Sunday walk yeah. in the no, afternoon. I mean, well, it would with a proper chorus. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what my Sunday is like. Yeah. So it is a chill Sunday afternoon. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just feel like it lacks personality. Okay. Like the whole song is just quite beige and it's quite not really much there. I don't know how old he is. Is, is he like 19? So, okay. Well, funny you bring that up. Because there has been a bit of conjecture about how old he is. Okay. There was an impression that he was 19. Yeah. 19 or 20. looks like he's 19. But it turns out he is actually 25. Right. Okay. So I I think there was a a little bit of a moment where I was like, oh. Yeah, I just feel weird, like, looking at him, like, you know, watching him talk about breaking his heart when he looks so young and twinky and it's just... (laughs) feels like so wrong i mean cheers to you if that's your tea like if that's what you'll go for but i'm sorry young white twinks is not my thing yeah well i'm a big fan for white pants and any other color uh top so i enjoy that look so he grabbed me i don't care for the costume changes with the other colors it's like you know but like you mean the music video yeah the music video so so i'm all there for that but yeah i I wonder how the staging is going to go if he's going to go along that line because it almost looked like the music video is the staging in a way that you know it's that you know that room shape thing i'm going to get the black paint out i'm going to like paint stuff it's going to be really cool and funky you know um so i wonder if that's the sort of thing he's going to do because it it would suit the performance if it was a bit like that so So I will tell you how I feel about this song as well. Initially, I actually really liked it because I feel like the reason it grabbed me is because it sounded very much like Troy Sivan. So much. White basic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, even Troy Sivan can be good though. Yeah. Even white basics are good to rely on sometimes. Yeah. And I actually like the vocode a bit, like Mm -hmm. the part of the chorus. I think it's really interesting that he's done it. And I think that music is heading in that direction a bit, but 
like if you've stuck around and watched his whole journey from DMGP to the pre-parties, fuck, he sucks at singing. (laughs) (laughs) God, he's awful. I don't know if you're singing with auto-tuned vocals as a backing Mm. vocal, you have to hit every damn note. And the man just isn't bringing. Mm -hmm. So he did a, um, a celebration performance after he won DMGP. He did it in like a tiny little club. I'm going to find that video and show you because it is the worst vocal I've ever heard. Studio version, I'm bopping along live. I just don't like see it cutting the mustard in terms of like if he made it to the grand final. Yeah. God forbid. He. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) I think he's going to get lost in the mud a bit because like the juries aren't going to get him any points because he's got no vocal talent. And the 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 televote, they're going to lose out on him because everyone's going to be focused on all of the other big ones. And something else you should know about him as well is he actually has a big fan base in Korea. So he's got uh, the rest of the world okay. vote behind him yep. a little bit. Which is what counts in semifinals, really. Yeah. But that's just one set of t- like points. Yeah. So like, I don't know that it's going to carry across for him in the end. Yep. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard to say. But I think Den- the, the fact that it's Denmark already gets him ahead. Uh, I remember in... You know, speaking about Israel before, I hated Leonora and she got in, you know, and she got in, she finished very highly. And so I was like, oh, okay. And I think it's just Denmark will get in with a decent song anyway. But we're also talking about semifinal uh, two. two. Uh, yes. And we're talking about the opening song that's followed by like eight crap songs. So yeah. from my my own interest, I had I had him like, seven points ish for for semi-finals so seven point that's really high because there's a lot of crap in semi-final too what excuse is... me <laughs> excuse me i actually like we've been arguing about this on the podcast whether semi-final one or semi-final two is the strong semi i definitely think it's semi-final one but we've got people that are arguing and saying it's actually two I think you've got strong semi-final one. You've got a diverse semi-final two, maybe. Or, or, yeah. You know, mm, like, yeah. you know, it's it's there's a clump of songs that are all different, but all just sort of very mediocre <laughs> that you just don't yeah. know where it could go. Yeah. Um, I think this rises above those songs, personally. Um, you know, he's a cute young guy. Um, if he can sing on the night, I mean, because let's face it, um, that's what counts. And we've seen people that a great singer's bomb on stage and vice versa. We've even seen people like Sir Hat do the same song for the same contest, good and bad. So, and boy, you know, is he bad. You know, so you can never tell until you actually sing it on the night. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'll be interested to see what Denmark actually do for their staging because I think if they were smart, they could actually do something really interesting. They could bring out like chalkboard Almost like no, Dehash did, and like no. do like the whole like crossing out hearts, like you yeah. said. Mm. But I don't think as a country they know how to do anything interesting unless it's bringing a giant chair yeah. on stage I mean, and climbing some ladders and sitting on the giant chair. So maybe they'll rehash the same set <laughs> and seriously, Make him look even smaller, smaller. little yeah. baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, appeal to what you can appeal to. And I was af- afraid of big chairs for at least three years after that. So Yeah, I uh, know. I still cannot believe 
the woman is doing this cutesy little song and we were catching her at Euro Club punching darts <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Oh, I'll never God. forget. Okay, well, I want to know, do you feel like this song is qualifying or not? I think it's qualifying. I think it's qualifying from, as I said, a semi-final that is uh, both tough to predict in in its mediocrity, yep. maybe, you know. Yep. That said, I do know a lot of the songs that I consider to be in that clump. I actually like a few of them and they they grow on me and you'll never know until you see them on stage. So I think it's a very fine line between it not getting in and getting in. Yeah. Um, but I also think Denmark, being the country that it is, has a, a bit of a an advantage right yeah, off the bat. I mean, they have a lot of neighbouring countries. A lot of people like Denmark. They haven't historically done very well throughout the contest. They have NQ a few times in yep. recent years. So hopefully their neighbours will be kind to them. Mm. They're actually up against some strong contenders, not in the song quality, but more so in, in the way that they vote, like, you know, Greece and Cyprus. Yeah. So I don't know whether... They'll probably be on the cusp of maybe qualifying, yeah. like probably like 10th place or maybe 11th. Yeah. So it could be go either way. Yeah. I mean, the odds kind of tells you. The odds tells you that... It's... We don't care about odds. Oh, <laughs> I beg to differ. I know Ricky texts me about odds all the time. <laughs> we're like, we're going to have to bet. Oh putting God, I'm money. putting money on this. Gamble responsibly. Yes. So I find semi-final two really interesting. And I think personal preference, it does end up qualifying, but barely, mm-hmm. yeah. barely. I think that in terms of like the countries it's got in its semi-final, we've got Iceland, who is obviously a, um, a Nordic country in mm-hmm. there. And also like we've got Austria, um, what else Georgia. have we got? We've got Australia in there. I know yep. Australians going to love it. Yep. I feel like... It's going to be close, but I think it is going to go through. I have a feeling it's just going to appeal. But I just hope that the man actually focuses on his vocals because if he doesn't and it's more about the performance, well, I'll be very disappointed. Then it's fine. Wild us with some staging. Wild us with some sort of performance, with some storyline. Let me want to back you and pay attention for the three minutes. Yeah. Okay. So rate it out of 10. I put it as a 7.5. Uh, like, okay, first of all, half I, I... Yeah, you're allowed half scores. Half scores are I, okay. Yeah, look, I, I, I rate all music very highly. I, I love music. So my 7.5 is probably more aligned to someone's 4. So, you know, and that's why I need to okay. do half points because yeah, generally I don't give anything less than 5 and I need to have those increments. So 7.5 is just sort of like an average score for me. Cool. Gee, that's so That's high. a very nice average score. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, look, I love music. And I, you know, so that's that's where I come sure. from. Uh, um, all right. For me, I gave it four broken hearts out of ten. To be honest, I wrote down, like, I wish I have a spot for you in my left side of the board. Yeah. But honestly, I just don't. There's just, there's a lot more songs in semifinal one and throughout the whole contest that are so much more interesting. Um, this one just doesn't appeal to me yeah fair enough i give this one a 6.5 half points <laughs> yeah, no 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 the only person who's not allowed to give half points or any a other decimal points. points is aiden yeah so he's banned half points i'll allow from anyone else but yeah 6.5 for me it's a good studio an mm. awful live mm. and 
the only thing differentiating it from a five to a six point five is the fact that I'm hoping Denmark turns it around. Yep. A little bit. I like the country, so I just hope it does well. You you like a little boy, you're like, come on, <laughs> like qualify. I want I want to go to Denmark too. But he's still gonna be a forty year old virgin. Can you do the heart thing he does with the fingers oh, and God. the new like Gen Z? Yeah. I can, but I refuse. I don't even know how to I don't I think this is showing my age. I don't even know how to do it. It's showing your age. <laughs> Let's talk about the Lamborghini. Yeah. So we are really lucky this year to have an Australia Decides alumni representing Cyprus this year. So Andrew Lambrew mm-hmm. is singing Break a Broken Heart mm-hmm. for Cyprus. And he has recently participated in the 2022 Oz Decides mm-hmm. edition with the song Electrify, which I don't know where it placed. I should check. I, it, it was, didn't it was there. It happened. It happened. Yeah, he flexed his muscles. Yes. Which I'm sure he's going to do this year and <laughs> will probably and do exactly blow the same us thing. away. But it's a change of pace because Electrify was a fast-paced club banger, I think it's mm-hmm. fair to say. Yeah. And this song is taking a very different path. He's singing in falsetto. He's singing about heartbreak. It's... I guess a little bit more slow paced uh, in terms of movement, but I might start by talking about it this time. Sure. We might go around the opposite yeah. direction. And there are a few issues that I find with this song. A few? <laughs> Several, you might say. Okay. Several issues. The first issue being that we open with this screeching mm-hmm. and it's impressive auto tune. Of course. But it does go from like this huge opener to like a really boring song. And I feel like there is not a linear journey about where the song should go in terms of build. Like it, it feels a bit disjointed mm-hmm. when he sings the really high falsetto notes and it's littered. It's just littered with Melodyne auto uh, pitch correction, which is really sad. So at this current point in time, I feel like, this song isn't going to be performed well live. I have high doubts as to whether he has the vocal ability to hit those notes, especially with Electrify being a a lot deeper in pitch. And And still flopped it. (laughs) Yes, still didn't do very well. So we might start and hear your opinion on this, Ricky, because I have a feeling oh, you're going to go opinion in. opinion w- you will have. You will be dealt with. I know. I mean, come on. Like, everything about him on paper, yeah. I should be awful. You know, <laughs> boy, has big arms, has big muscles. Like, you know, kind of good looking. Sure, all for that. But like, I mean, this song just has nothing in it. You think other songs out there are chaotic? This is, like, worse. There's a lot happening. There's a lot happening, and it goes nowhere. And it's kind of like, and I just don't think, I. we have seen him live. We have we seen have. him sing live. And we know for a fact that he cannot, t- like, do those notes. He will not be able to belt them out. And, like, <laughs> if he has backup singers, and he kind of just, like, you know, shot around, do a little strip tease when those, like, notes are happening while the backup singers, like, do their thing, Sure. But would they do that? I don't know. They're probably going to make him sing the 
they kind of make him. Like, yeah, they, his whole thing at the moment, like, is going on TikTok and singing the riff. Like he does right. it a lot. Okay. So I think he's trying to preempt. Yeah. Or he's practicing. <laughs> well, practicing is good yeah. too. It's, it makes it better. Yeah. I've heard. Well, I've heard. I mean, yeah. like the the one thing, like before before we move on, right? I just kind of think, like, I mean, I I feel like that he's also kind of giving up. Like, if he was really serious about it, why is he touring? Why is he still in Australia? Well, that's right, because uh, very recently he's just appeared at the Sydney pre-party yeah. in Australia and the fan group has pulled a bunch of Eurovision artists uh, that yeah. originate from Australia to perform at each city. And he showed up in Sydney, yeah. e- even though all the pre-parties are happening at the moment or have just winding mm-hmm. up. He could have been over there. Like, this is your year where you need to sell yourself. Like, I mean, like, whore yourself out, you know, (laughs) flex those muscles. (laughs) Like, you know, go and meet all the friends. You need every single vote you can get. Yeah. And not actually, I mean, I I, I say it is probably because it was... uh, Orthodox Easter recently, and he was at home spending time with family. So that's being a good boy, being a very good boy. So it's probably very important to him, but it is not the time for that. It's not the year for that. Your this is your era to yeah. actually go and slut yourself out. If I was selected to represent any country, you best believe I would sort my staging out, get everything that I needed to do done and then go and bounce around the parties yeah because i feel like the best chance you have is connecting with the fans because they're the ones that are gonna be voting you through to the grand final like you're an idiot if you don't show up to these pre-parties exactly and even lorene knows that and she's a winner and she's been at most of the the back end of the pre-parties like and she's like kind of not one that we would think that will actually kind of go and commercialize her, her her songs yeah and her music but she's still doing it but like you know if Cyprus is actually in the semi, like semi two, and luckily that you have Greece there to help yeah. you out. So well, twelve instantly for sure that you're gonna get through and qualify. But if it wasn't for Greece, I would say that you'll be pretty on the cusp yeah. of actually getting NQ. Chris, first of all, I'm a little bit disappointed that we didn't do from one breaking heart to another breaking heart. Jade, so come on, let's get this together. Let's get this together, okay? Do we need to recut that? Um, So I'm I'm just going to cut you in saying it. It's great. Yep. So we've (laughs) so um so another broken heart um for for Andrew was my heart broken? I mean, a little bit in like I'm just he's a very pretty boy and he sure is. And uh, look, I'm not like I've I've got to admit that. You know, do the muscles have you hypnotized? No, it's the it's the face, very pretty oh. face, very pretty yeah. face, and then face and you know like the the <laughs> film clip. You know, he's a swimmer, and his mum's come to watch him swim, <laughs> and then and then you know, and his then he gives mom. his mum a kiss, <laughs> and, then and then they went out for dinner. He takes mum out for some wine, and yeah, the direction then, wasn't very smart, yeah. was and it? And the mum's in the car with him, and then. <laughs> So, to, uh, do his little so I guess I guess my heart's a little bit broken that poor Andrew, who is uh, may I say half my age, so he's uh, <laughs> he's twenty four next month. He's younger you, than me. I can't believe yep, it. Yeah. The only thing I've got going for me 
is that I am as old as the woman in the film clip. So I've got a chance. I've yeah. got a chance. For Electrify, I found like he was a little bit lost in the dance beat yeah. for Oz Decides. And so it's only natural that he takes this path with a, a huge ballad because I don't, I get the feeling that he's not much of a dancer. Yeah. Okay. And so he's gone for a power ballad, which is a lot easier to stage for him. And sorry, Andrew, uh, if you, <laughs> if, if you can dance, it just, you know, like I can't dance, but I, anyway, um, I, so I wrote here in my, in my notes, dance, sweetie, but you know, obviously, <laughs> obviously he's picked the right song. So, oh, um, shit. too busy at the gym, bro. Um, yeah, he yeah. can lift you above his head, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He can lift me anytime he wants. But anyway, <laughs> um, get the mum out of the way first. But yeah. for the song, uh, look, I think it's a good song. I, I, it's actually growing on me. Like, as, as I said, I've only listened to these songs a handful of times. So this one is is not as bad as I first. I, I think progressively every time I listen to it, I give it sort of an extra point or extra half point. Whether he can sing it, uh, look, he's only got to do it once or twice. twice. Well, actually once because the first time he has an instant 12 points from Greece, so that one doesn't matter. Yeah, um, doesn't count. So he only needs to do it once. Uh, if he can knock that chorus out of the park, you know, we've seen that he can kind of sing it in its very raw state. So yes. he'll get the points for the looks. If he can sing it, he'll get the points for the vocals. I think he's got a good chance getting in. Right. Just. Okay. To the grand final. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's. I would be interested to see because obviously the process for rehearsals is quite extensive. Mm-hmm. Mm. I wonder if the reason that he didn't attend the pre-parties is because he knows that he doesn't have the stamina to pull it right. off. Yeah. yeah. Because. I wouldn't be surprised if by the time he actually got to the semi, like he'd exhausted himself and yeah. couldn't sing those notes. Yeah. yeah. And I and the other thing I was gonna say before on that is like it is good though that another Eurovision artist representing this year is still in Australia to celebrate the yeah. pre-parties. Uh it gives the fans something extra here because I mean Let's face it, Eurovision is a long way. It's not a train ride for us. And so it's good to have that representation here while in the lead up so that we feel that we've got something. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I'm not too worried. I Like, I get that he needs to promote himself. I'm not too worried that he's not there. Um, I, you know, I'd rather have him here for that. But hopefully he heads over there soon and starts getting a little bit of a promo. And because, let's face it, He's Australia's second chance, you know. So you know, as in second as, chance, as in as in we've got two chances this year. Is what more I like mean. Australia, I... no chance. Uh, huh? What? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> You're kidding, right? <laughs> Australia, no, no chance. Oh, you are gonna get ripped to shreds, my friend. <laughs> so, do you feel like Cyprus are gonna do anything interesting with the staging for the song? What are they going to do with this song? They could get a little woman on stage and like dance a little around mom. him, and yeah, then just like a little mom. mom and just dance around him. Honestly, right? Like, if you think about these sort of ballads and power ballads, if you don't have the charisma to kind of hold the stage, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna stand there and sing and have some pretty black drop and like. Some graphics kind of going around. Oh, it could be a robot. Yeah. Imagine. Look, seriously though, if he's <laughs> if he has a stage backed with water effects and he's standing there singing in his budgie smugglers, 
even if the mum's there on the it's side. It's got Chris's vote. Then yeah. Yeah, 12 points 12 coming point from me yeah. straight away. I think I, I already know this, but is it qualifying? I think no. I will say yes, purely because Greece is there. Like, but that's and, only one country. Yeah, but it's kind of like, I mean, that semi-final, it is up against some strong contenders. So it's kind of like, I feel like that his looks and his charm, and if they really sell him out and whore him out on stage... <laughs> haven't hauled him out the whole season i just think yeah. it's too late you don't know that you don't know what maybe that's why he's saving him it's like a little like you know christian boy i don't know where but you've got australia in the same semi-final yeah. so you've got like you know you've got a dummy 12 point vote there in in the same way that greece give to cyprus i because think we're, we're giving so- our 12 to austria I mean, oh, like, sure. obviously, but I mean, we're going to, we're also going to, he's still technically our homeboy as well, that we're sure. going to, you know, throw him some points. Yeah. And sometimes we, you know, family is n- not everything. Sometimes we choose our family and sometimes yeah. it's not Andrew Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got it just qualifying. Like, I've got it like second last, uh, as in, as in ninth yeah, place. Ninth so, place. Um, yeah, very, very close. As I said, semi final two, it's a knife edge for most of the songs I know. anyway. That's what I'm finding in a lot of these uh, predictions that we're doing. It's going to be yeah. like the semi final that it's going to be a bloodbath and there's going to be some favorites miss out. Yep. But if you had to rate this out of 10, what would you give it? All right. I'm going to give it. One Lamborghinis oh One! Yeah, <gasps> and it's one too many because I'm going to get that Lamborghini and drive it to the wall <laughs> and crash it. What about you, Chris? Um, I originally gave it a six, which is a relatively... Well, it's a relatively low score for me. It's yeah. probably the same as Ricky's one, but sure. um, I've, I've given it seven. I think, it's, I think it's a solid song. We're just going to have to wait for the performance but like seven for me is you know at the lower end how anyway. does one and seven equate i do not yeah. understand your math <laughs> because six uh, seven points for me or six points for me is average and i think most songs are average do and, you have you know, anything that you've given below a four yeah i have i've given three countries of four, four points in my initial is that so. the lowest <sighs> Yeah. Oh, no, I, I have given... I did downgrade one to a three and a half. What was oh. that? That was Romania. And I don't even remember what Romania was. We so. haven't even spoken about Romania yet. And yes. I think that's probably the nicest score it's going to receive. Yeah, so I, I think the fact that any of these songs are going down the more I listen is is a, a sign. Yeah. yeah. I am going to cut right through the middle of the two of you. I'm giving this a four. Four? Yeah. Four too many. Yeah. <laughs> I. It's funny because as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, maybe it's a three. Yeah, it's a three. It's a three. Okay. I just don't know. I just don't know what they could possibly do to save themselves. It's a listenable song and that's probably yeah. why it still has points. But... I just doubt every single second of this song. I really don't think that Cyprus are going to pull through, even with the guaranteed 12 from, from Greece. Greece. I think there's going to be higher priorities. And this song, it screams NQ to me. The twists of the season will be that Greece do not give it 12 points. I know. 
<laughs> and it would be so funny. Too. That will be a true testament. Yeah. Greece will come out to say like, we're very fair. We don't do block vote. Hence why. Well, that's okay. They can end queue together. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good singer. And what a great way to segue to our third song. I want to kill myself after that. Yeah. (laughs) So we are going to talk about Switzerland's entry this year with Remo Fora's Water Gun. And this song was internally selected by Switzerland. Jeez, there weren't really many songs internally selected this year, got to tell you. And I am going to start this time. Who haven't I started with? Ricky. Oh, Ricky. What do you think about this song? Okay. So, the water gun, you can just turn it around and shoot yourself in the head before you listen to this, dude. My God. Like, it is so so. It is so, so boring. Like I was ready to come on this show. I am, cannot believe, like, I mean, I get it. If you wanted to make a song, if you wanted to, like, you know, do something about war, but you have no spine and there's no personality, literally, like, if you're going to do something, like, that is relevant to what's happening around the world, then make a statement. Don't come out and talk about like, oh, just you know, with little water guns and like, the want to be a water bags. No. Oh, what do I do when I get on? Do I move forward? Like, no, just like make a statement, do something about it. Like I know Switzerland needs to be neutral and the song is neutral, is beige. It has nothing going for it. I just really wish there was something good that I, I can talk about it. Yeah. Like, and it came through on such a strong history I know. Yeah. I know. Like, I mean, there were songs um, by um, John's Tears, like, and those two years where one was cancelled and then the others, both songs were like belter, winner, like worthy songs. And somehow we went from that to... Well, we kind of went to the same thing, really, didn't we? We just went... It is a bit of a knockoff, John's Tears. It is. It's, yeah, an Aldi Poor persons, yeah. An an Aldi poor person. But, like, you know, John's Tears had, like... I feel like that the song was relatively plain, but it had a reason. It had, like, a message and it had, like, something something behind it. I know you're not saying John's Tears is boring and plain. Did you, do you really think that? Like at the start, when I heard it, I was like, oh, really? Like, oh. why is, why is everyone so into this song? But I turned around afterwards. I was like, okay, this is like, this is cute. Like I saw him perform it live and that was like actually really fun. I don't know whether I will turn around with this. I'm sorry. I know it's a lot of opinion. and It's, it's a strong <laughs> opinion. It's good. I think that's what this podcast is about. You're laughing because I've never, I've never seen you speak so passionately. <laughs> It's great. About something that I just like. Little oh. bitch. Anyway, uh, Chris, what do you feel about this song? Uh, you Is know, it strong? Well, no, quite the opposite. Uh, like, just in the notes um, that I had for the four songs that we're reviewing, this one I had nothing. I've got nothing. It's, it's not even that I don't know how to talk about it. I'm just not inspired by it at all. So, obviously, there's the John's Tears comparison. And as I said, this is like, it, it's almost like... 
Switzerland have gone like, oh, we've done really well with, you know, that sort of thing. And then with the war statement, I'm assuming this has got something to do with war because I couldn't be bothered yeah. digging, no. digging into it. No, no one's going to just come up with a song about guns and water guns and body bags <laughs> for no reason. Yeah, and Money bags, which yeah. actually says, which is and I think like, even and crazier. One of the things I've noticed a lot about this year's songs, well, I mean, I've only listened to it a few, few times, but I notice a lot of them have a huge build-up towards the end. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if other years have the same sort of thing and I'm just picking up on this now but right. what I what I notice is that I, I start out going oh this is a bit boring and then I end up liking the song there's quite a few examples in particular Netherlands which would be my favorite sorry a yarn but um you know this one just goes nowhere this one just flatlines from beginning to end I also noticed um that one of the writers for this song has actually submitted a song for the last five Eurovisions, all by young, pretty guys, and all for different countries. Who's the writer? And so the, the writer is Ashley Hinklin. So it's just like one of a few, one of three. Writers but, is something that I'm very interested but in. But I just I just noticed there's a common theme. We're, we're talking Run With The Lions for Lithuania, Universal for Spain, uh, and oh. Amen for Austria, and River for Poland. <gasps> And so this is very much the right same. And, and But with those songs, I feel like there was a bigger build-up for those. And this is just sort of like, I don't know, the worst of the five. Um, so <laughs> that's that's as much as I have. The other tidbit is that we're getting younger with our people. So <laughs> so uh, we've got a 21-year-old now. So I'm assuming the, the next one is a, a teenager. But yeah, we're getting younger and we're getting more boring as we progress. Yeah. <laughs> Through the, the list of songs. And like, if you, it kind of go back, right? When uh, Switzerland did really well was like Luca Hani. Sure. So much personality, good performance, very good looker, very charming. Like, it, it's so not beige. And somehow, like, throughout this contest, they kind of just like step backwards. I think you just like pretty men to look at. I mean, he's cute. <laughs> like, don't doubt me. Like, he's cute. I would not king him out of bed. But like... It's just, I don't like them that beige. Like, give me something a little bit more than sure. just like, a bit more dangerous than just a water gun. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think that the, the song has so many issues. I just think it's totally ironic for Switzerland to send this song in a year where it's Ukraine's host. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going for the sympathy vote a little bit like being like yeah you know ukraine are going through such a hard time like let's put down our guns you know like that type of thing yeah and it just falls on deaf ears especially when you think of switzerland as just like the most neutral country ever like what have they done for the ukrainian crisis i'm sure they've probably i don't know donated a water bottle or 10 yeah and that's exactly like the problem with like switzerland is that they try to stay neutral but then like if if that was the case then don't talk about war yeah don't go into it go about something else i mean eurovision is showing that has shown that it's not all about that considering that spaceman came second yeah totally last year um by a country that hasn't done so well for a long time it's like we we want fun stuff and this is just not fun and it's it's a dirge it's and like for me to say that is a lot because as i said i do like music but i mean i need something more in this one and it's a bit disappointing 
I th- me. Yeah, I think there's something about sending the right ballot. Like, I think it needs something special about it. And this isn't special. Like, I feel like this is probably the worst Switzerland has sent in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going for... I think they realised that they had a formula with John's Tears a little bit and they're trying yeah. to do it again. And, uh, like, John's Tears was actually a creative musician. Like, he f- he constantly creates music that is so magical and gives you goosebumps. And this song is just not it. As soon as you said, the like, the other credits for that writer, mm. it all makes yeah. fucking sense mm. because those songs are boring and bland and beige. And the, and the only thing that brings those songs to life is the pretty face. I mean, remember Israel with Yuri, like... I He's hated that song, bro. <laughs> but, but, Are you kidding? But we, You're talking to me about that song. But when he looks in the camera and gives you that smile, it's like I, I go love, to sleep. I love Never. this song so much, but I didn't. But you know, it's like that's you, that's the selling point. I don't know if you'll know this, but the song has four confirmed dancers. As in backing dancers? Yes. Are uh. we at the Oscars? Is that what we're doing now? <laughs> Yeah, it must be. So there's four dancers dance. on this song. So I don't know about you, but I'm picturing the classic, like, they line up and he's in the middle and they do, like, the oh, marching no, on the not spot. not the soldier they thing. They pull out the drums. No. I don't know if they're going <laughs> to... They're going to use water guns to squirt at each other. Oh, wet t-shirt contest. Totally. <laughs> Into that. It's going to be wet t-shirts. <laughs> I can't imagine the need for four dancers on this song. It, it will just show you how boring the song is and that they need like four dancers to dance around him to actually save any sort of entertainment that there is left in this three minutes. I have a feeling they're going to try and be artsy like and do like a whole artistic movement thing behind mm, him oh, to show interpretive how... Interpretive dance yeah. of how war yeah. is... No. Which is going to fall no. on death ears yeah. this year. However, let's face it, Having four dancers is probably better than having just the one singer. So yeah, you're I, right. I, yeah. I think that it can't hurt. This song is in semi final one. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And it is in between uh, Croatia and Israel. So, what do we think? Do you oh. think that that drowns it out? I mean, people will forget about it. After, I can tell yeah. you now. After Croatia, it's going to be a, a blessing to be honest, for our eyes at least. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know what? Like the odds are in Croatia's favour for some reason. We're not talking about Croatia this time, but somehow people like it. But, you know, like the odds sometimes go for the gimmicks. And I think people that actually watch Eurovision and vote in Eurovision, are we a little bit beyond the gimmicks? You're right, because the odds at the moment have like... Ukraine really high to win and to yeah. be honest they're not going to win. Well I mean in our in our view in the fans view we we don't think that Ukraine have any, any chance, chance any chance whatsoever. And that's the one reason why I'm happy Lorene's in this in this contest. Are you Switzerland? Are you against war? No, I'm just saying that at least we've got a surefire person that's going to ensure that Ukraine doesn't win sort of by default. Well I think there's two people in that race. For I actually sure. don't think it's decided. Yeah. I think yeah. it's going it to be very be close. It yeah. be three. It's four. two. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, but it's two. So we're talking <laughs> I'm Australia. Projecting. I'm projecting. <laughs> who are you projecting for? Austria. Well, we'll, we'll save that at the end. We're talking Australia and who else? Sweden. Is that the two? No. <laughs> no. Yes. No. We're going anyway. to save this till the end. No. Anyway. anyway, you're wrong. Is it qualifying? 
Look, I'm saying uh, I don't want to be a soldier. I don't want to be a host country. So I'm saying that... <laughs> no um, to Geneva. Um, it's not going to win Eurovision. I actually put it in the grand final. I actually put it like fairly midway, but I've since uh, downgraded my score for that. And I reckon if it's going to get in, I'm putting it like 10th place to just scrape in. Over what? Well, you know, I'm talking Moldova and Latvia... And then some other okay. crap, but like I mean, this is this is on first Moldova listen. crap. Well, this okay. is on first listen, right? You know, and then Latvia. I'm thinking that like the more I listen to songs, the more I usually go, "Oh, this is getting better," and this is getting worse because it doesn't go anywhere. So I'm sort of like thinking, if it gets in, it's going to be tenth place. You know, the rock songs are like some of the most popular this year, right? Like Latvia is like super popular, and you think. Just to confirm. This is on my first listen. This is your first listen. Without okay. ever hearing the songs. And yeah. this is all I've got to go by at, at this stage. So, I it's mean. It's so good. I'm just yeah. going to brainwash you for the next three weeks. I hope that's okay. I, I'm sure that. <laughs> oh, look. I mean, I've got the uh, the album now down, uh, downloaded from iTunes. Avail- <laughs> avail- available on it's iTunes. Like available Grandpa's on iTunes. gone to the store so, and bought his vinyl. Yes. <laughs> so now his I know. He he got now the I CD. Have, yeah, well, that's the one thing about buying music because I buy all my music that I have to wait for the album because if I wanted to buy all the songs separately, it would cost me a fortune. So see, stream it. See, I told you we're going to bring the boomer it's, energy and we've got the boomer energy. Yeah. Right I'd like here. to give more money to the artist. So you, you just you just stay out of it. Yeah. All right. Not okay. all of us are rich like you. Uh, right. I'm not rich. Um, <laughs> is it going to qualify? Yes. I will say it's Probably gonna qualify too much of my distaste. What the fuck is wrong this, with you both? Of this song, I just feel like I mean, in in semi final one, there are much worse songs out of there that what I are your... do not like. And like, I mean, I am a cisgendered <laughs> man, but I'm not a cisgendered white man and straight. That I do not like bands. Are you I playing just... the fucking Asian card? On yes, right of course. <laughs> I'm like the Gaijin that likes my divas and I do not <laughs> like bands. Some of the bands are just not great. I think it will probably scrape through in semi-final one. It has its neighbors. I think like, you know, some of the neighbors in, in this semi-final will probably give it some points and give it some love. But uh, to be honest, yeah. It, it's coming off a good track record that I think it would take something a lot worse for it to bring it down from where they've been in the last few years. I can't wait to rub the MQ <laughs> in your face in about three weeks' time. I just don't see that there's any way that this qualifies. If we're thinking about the people that watch the semifinals, right, religiously, that's big fans. And I think that there is like a new wave of people that are watching Eurovision now. So like the next generation, which I'm going to include myself in that a little bit. And I don't think, I think that people are going to, you know, skip out on watching the semifinals live and, you know, opt into watching them when they're ready to. And yeah. I think that I don't I don't want to say people my age. I think I want to say more like the the generational movement is like heading in the direction of like alt bands and yeah. I think that this misses out because of that. And like countries like Latvia are gonna go through instead of songs like this because it's like it's been done. We've seen it for years. Yep. It's boring. Yeah. So I Up think it's against an the patriarchy. Yeah. 
And I find the songs that we most party on going with are the yeah. ones that are going to be more upbeat or are going to be the high energy bands. They're the ones that we're going to really remember, uh, remember f- forever. Like anytime we go for, you know, a meetup or a dance party or whatever, we're never going to play the ballads unless there's a really cool dance mix, um, which will not happen for this song. You, <laughs> you know. don't want to make your and, own remix. And so I think, I think people might be like, could tap into that, to, could tune into that to think, I don't want to vote for this because I'm not going to dance to it or anything yeah. in a party ever again, yeah. you know. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Finally, I want you to rate the song out of 10. I'll start. It's a one. Wow, okay. For someone who was like, so... <laughs> it's a one. No, it's a one. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I gave it a six. Six is bad for me. Uh, you know, I've... I've six is bad. <laughs> as, I, as I said, I've I've downgraded this pretty much every listen. And it started out as a seven and a half. And I don't even know how drunk I must have been on that first listen. Yeah. That I'm listening to it now. It's a six. Six is very average. It's not bad. It's just average. And Ricky. I'm going to rate it two water guns out of 10. And it's two water guns full of piss that it's going to get piss all over the stage. You oh see what I have to live with? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to see me dance? Boy, do I not. <laughs> oh, how rude. Rude. Anyway, I'm going to be representing the entire uh, hosting staff of the Euro Trash Talk podcast <laughs> in this next segment, I think. Um, but we're going to talk about Israel for our final country. So this is Unicorn by Noah Carell. It was called the most anticipated entry of all time. Listen, lies. Uh, she was one of the very first artists to be announced for the year. She's a huge name in Israel. She's quite young. She has performed for the Miss Universe contest as like the little interval act. Mm -hmm. So she's made quite a name for herself and uh, gets to join Eurovision with this song Unicorn. How do I, how should I start this? Should I make Chris talk about it first to sort of placate? this argument that's inevitably going to happen, <laughs> do we think? I don't know if it's the right way around because when I first listened to this, it's basically standard banger, good chorus, everything's, you know, whatever. And then it's like the feminal or whatever it is, you know, cooking with fennel or whatever it is. Oh my God. And then there's, do you want to see me dance? And by the end of it, I thought, yep, that's a fairly, you know, whatever song. It's fine. Only to find out that Jade said it was pure chaos and makes no sense. And I just didn't understand where that came from. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. a very good segue. Yeah. Yeah. This song is literally garbage fire. I don't know how to put this in any way without getting emotional because it actually elicits like rageful thoughts. I could, if this was torture material for me, I, I think I would have probably like broken out of like the white room, stabbed all of the, the, the staff and gone on a murderous rampage <laughs> because the song itself is like four fucking different songs. Like but, we've but so was Bohemian Rhapsody J. And that's a good That is a classic. Oh, no. Okay, so 
the, the, the start, Give it 40 years and this could grow on you in, in those terms. <laughs> the verse is like you, you start to get a build and then the chorus is nothing. It strips it all back, right? And there's no like, you know, a chorus has like a sense of finality to it. And this chorus is just like building someone's orgasm and then leaving them fucking blue balls because yeah. nothing happens. And then it goes back into the little verses. Edging is in 2023. <laughs> it feels disjointed. And then you've got the chorus again where it pulls it all back and it's just kind of nothing. And you've got these weird hooks. Like you need to pick one hook. There's the fucking, you've got, uh, I've got the power of a unicorn, right? Then we've got phenomenal, which it feels like someone who understands English but doesn't know the intricacies of English has written this song. And then finally, the end is a clusterfuck. We've got this built into a K-pop, like... Dance break. Um, halftime <laughs> dance break. It's not even, like, the full, like, banger. And I, I seriously could not wrap my head around this when I first heard it. I still can't today. And I just don't understand anything that Ricky is about to say because well, I know that he's going to fight black and blue about <laughs> why this song is so good and I just don't understand. So <laughs> for, so before I let Ricky take over, it for me it's uh, it has a, a very drag queen element in that, yes, you're right that it's got you know, four different songs basically. And it seems to be like they are very sort of like separate ways for a drag performance to go from this to this to this. It, it seems to have that sort of quality about it, which I, I think uh, comes from also the same thing last year with uh, I, I, Michael or... Oh, Michael Ben David. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was like very, it's, it's very campy, very, you know, I want to get my fan out. I want to pop my fan. I want to, I want to be a diva. Uh, I think it, this is one of those moments that I was talking about with Switzerland where it might be crap. It might be utterly shit. But on the it dance, is. on the dance floor, I, I don't think even Jade would not dance to it. I How can you dance to the chorus? You can. There's nothing happening. <laughs> and like, I agree with you. Like you can definitely, like you can serve camp, you can yep. serve cunt, but you can't throw the whole kitchen sink at it and expect it to work. It's like they had four different ideas and decided to try and put have them all you in seen, the one song. Have you seen drag queens perform one song? I <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have, <laughs> but it's just like, it's one thing if a drag queen do it yep. does it. It's, it's another thing if a cisgender white woman comes in and like tries to serve something, but nothing is being served, and I I'm left confused and feeling like they tried to do I am, but they they just couldn't decide on which direction that they wanted Unicorn to go. But you know what? Here we go. That is great. That's what's great about it. Okay. All right. Listen. Listen, girlies. Music. You can ignore this. <laughs> music is subjective. It Everyone. Sure is. Everyone has their own taste, and it's is not meant to be. My views right here is not meant for everyone. That's right. So as <laughs> her view does not reflect mine. When I heard this song. Every fiber of my being has lit up. And I am telling you now, this is scripture. This is scripture to the divine of the gay temple that I visit. I need you to be <laughs> full fucking real right now. It is so great. Okay, let me quote or paraphrase from some of the hosts from this podcast. Oh. They said, 
Life is too short to always be artistic. Sometimes you just want to yass out a little. Who said that? Why are you pulling quotes from our podcast? Wait, who said that? Aiden did. Oh no, he's going to hate having yeah. these fucking words and twisted. I am just telling you now. He said that about UK and May. And like, and I'm and just telling song. you. And this is a song. Four this songs. serves cunty. Sometimes you just want to like, you know, smash on some Bacardi, walk through the park or walk towards the club, feel your oaks, get your like, you know, basement flooded. That's what this song is about. It is chaotic and that's what it's serving. It's serving chaotic energy and we're all in our chaotic era and that's what we need. Like it is pretty much one of the things that all gay men loves, a diva, things that kind of go somewhere, but it goes nowhere. Like it, it camps, it's high camp. I love the little like centaur lake, like out of nowhere. The worst, the- <laughs> uh, like Israel just loves to waste money by yeah. that. Cause I know they went, let's fucking make this woman a centaur, yeah. not even a unicorn. Why not? And it, it doesn't have to make sense. Things don't actually have to make sense. We are in a world that doesn't make sense right now. And this song reflects what's happening right now. So we just sure all does. need some chaotic. It sure and does. Like... I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused at and all you know times. Like, like if you think about it historically, like um, Israel always loves campy songs, always love to surf high camp. They love their divas, they love their they love their gay men, they love their solo. You know, you think about Golden Boy, you think about like Diva, you think about all of these songs that actually are very radio friendly. People love them. They they kinda it's like one of those pretty much like this podcast is trash. It's like Euro <laughs> trash that you kind of don't, it's a, your guilty pleasure that you don't really want to really like, but you kind of secretly do. And that is what this song is for me. I am loving it. I am going to quote my queen. It is Feminolal. And she sure says it like that. You're right. She doesn't know how to say the word phenomenal. Oh, God. You know what? I said, like, you know, gay bait me. Gay bait me all you want. You have my pink dollars. You can have it all. Yeah. I will be visiting Israel and Tel Aviv next year when it wins. When it... Oh, when it wins. Yeah, look. I don't think you're going to be invited back to oh, the podcast. Oh, God. I'm, I'm, I'm getting cancelled. I'm getting cancelled because of this. I just know people are going to listen... People who are listening in right now are yelling, <laughs> yelling at their phones, going, what the fuck? Why did you invite this person on? Again, music taste is subjective. Everyone can like their own things. Yeah. People can like water guns and I can like my unicorn. And people, and you can be wrong too. That's the really fun <laughs> part about it. Yeah. Both of you even, because yeah. yeah. Oh, I got a raised eyebrow then. But uh, look, I mean, like to be honest, it's a guilty pleasure in the way that, like, I think Israel is a, always a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. Toy aside, they've never really done that well recently. Shit. But I, but yeah. I've still liked the songs because they're upbeat and fun. And I guess like this is the same for me. So I mean, I can't diss it in any way because as I as you know, as Ricky said, I. I like what I hear. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's an amazing song and it's going to win, 
but I like it for the uh, the fun that it brings. Yes. Yeah. Like when you think about Netta, right? Like Netta toy, when it first came out, people were like, what is going on? I loved it from the drop, but well, I don't want to talk about that. Anyway. See, and like it won for the year and it's like that song has a serves the same energy. It's chaotic. It's everywhere. There's chicken dance. There is some sort of like cultural appropriation, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is that Noah thinks, like she even says it in the Hebrew. She thinks she's like, oh, I'm so different from the other girls. And I'm like, you're not different by doing four like different songs. And also <laughs> like, it feels so disconnected when she says, you want to see me dance, right? Because how does that connect with any of the other parts yeah, of the song? Got, I think you're thinking too highly of this song that it needs to connect. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think like, it deserves the criticism. No, all it, ha- all it serves right then, it's just we've got to go into a dance break, end on a dance the, break and then be done. But the dance break, you can't even dance to it as a human being. Like if this played in a club, right? Uh, and she goes, watch me. And it's a half time. Like it's slower <laughs> than the actual song. Like what are you going to do? Are you going to pop your pussy to this, Chris? But, but, uh, but, but don't you live to see what people are going to look like, the fools Uh. that they're going to make of themselves when this comes on and the dance break, Jade's going to be there on the sideline. I'm going to be filming Ricky. To find out the awkward steps that everyone is going to be doing during this chaotic dance break. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing anyone can do to make this uh, seem like it's a coordinated effort. I mean, hey... Your opinion is an opinion. <laughs> it sure is an opinion uh, sure that exists. It's an opinion. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm still just really shocked you pulled out one of our quotes. Uh, okay, so is it qualifying? It's in semi-final one. We already know that it is in front of Switzerland, I believe I said. Yep. I mean, it's going to wake everyone up. So, so it's in between that. Switzerland and Moldova. So right in the middle there. Right. Yeah. So I think so, it stands out and it's qualifying yeah. whether I like it or not. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, semi-final one. To be honest, out of all the sausage fests and all of the bands, <laughs> we need some divas in there. We've got Lorraine in there. You're right. I think this has the middle-aged gay men vote <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Do you think it's qualifying, Chris? Uh, I yeah. I mean, I've rated it very highly. So based on my opinion, I would definitely qualify it. That said, I thought. You know, last year was a tidy effort myself and it didn't qualify. So you just never know. I'm looking at semi-final one and I've given a lot of like very average scores, but I've given this like an eight and a half or spoiler alert. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's going to make it in. See, I think that like the public will love it because you know what? One, Israel has the money. Israel has the money to bring out hot men, backup dancers, good staging and a performance like to, to actually back up uh, what you would call a chaotic nothing song. Sure. <laughs> so it's perfect like, for TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Like people would actually watch it. And you know what? The general public watches like semifinal for the entertainment. So I want to be entertained. Like a good song is a good song, but is it worthwhile for me to actually pay money to text in to actually vote for it? If it's chaotic, it's funny, it's shareable, it will get there. Okay. So we've all got a qualifying... We're going to rate it out of 10. <laughs> I'll do mine first because I'm going to give it a two, which is half the amount of Girl. songs that uh, actually is in, <laughs> in the in It the has song at least itself. four parts. Give it yeah, four. Yeah, I'm giving it a two. I <laughs> This is the worst Israel sent in a very long time. I think no. it's fair to say. 
And I really like I Am. Until the live performance, I didn't like that. But okay. this is a, just a hot mess. And I, as I said, the kitchen sink is being thrown. And I think that they need to go back to the drawing board and try again. Let me tell you, let me tell you, when the live performance come on and when the rehearsals come on, I will say that you will change your mind for sure. I will post our text <laughs> messages to at yes. Talk Instagram when that happens. Uh Chris rated out of 10. Uh, yeah, I gave it an eight and a half. It's yes. always been a solid eight and a half for me. Yep. Hasn't so. moved? No. Nah. Okay. <sighs> Girlies, I'm going to rate it nine centaur kicks out of 10. I really thought it was going to be a it, 10. It's very so. close to a 10, but... Once we get to my top three, then you can understand why it was a nine. It actually makes sense that you've given it a nine because I think that's your IQ at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Homophobia. (laughs) I'm gay, bitch. (laughs) Um, So that does bring us to the end of our show. It's gone by really quickly. Yep. Thank you so much for coming and doing this and being our first special guest. I I hope it was fun. Please don't cancel me. I'm actually a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you would say that. Yeah, I I know I would. But like, I mean, hey, music is subjective. Like, we love like, you know, trash talking to each other and dissing each other about what we like and what we don't like. And that's the whole thing about this contest is that it is so diverse that like, you know, that even Pin- the three of us are in this room do- talking yeah, about Yeah, and like opinions should be different. And that's yeah. what is so great about it. And that's why we can connect. Even though that we're different, we can actually still talk to each other and say that Israel is going to win. Lies. I, <laughs> even if this microphone wasn't in front of my face, I think I probably would have been having these conversations with the two of you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. But... I'm just really grateful that you came on and did this for us and gave us a little bit more diversity, even if it is uh, cisgendered middle-aged <laughs> men talking <Boomer>. about... Yeah. <laughs> hey, we need some boomers in the world. I mean... Yeah. yeah. I'm quite I'm quite happy to f- fly the flag <laughs> for Croatia. Flying the flag <laughs> for Croatia. Uh, so once again, I want to thank... Chris, for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. And Ricky as well. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you. Thank you. you. Uh, If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us at at Eurotrash Talk on Instagram and Twitter. And our next episode will be coming out very soon. We hope you join us. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye, bitch. Bye. Bye. Eurotrash Talk podcast is recorded, edited, and produced by Jade Gray. The Eurotrash Talk theme song is composed by Lachlan Trappett and recorded and produced.